Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg is here, and between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking to interview folks who, have, who are top performers and have new ideas that can help you do a few things a little differently. Sometimes it's a few things a little more. And today we're really excited to talk about neuroscience news. What are some of the myths? What are some of the current thinking? And we're really excited to have Mark Waldman here, Mark Robert Waldman, and he's going to talk about some of his experiences and some of his great work. Um, let me say a few words about Mark, and then so you can get excited about that, and then I'll, I'll bring on Kathy. So what do we know about the brain's working? Really, what's a myth, and what's on the cutting edge? And so we're going to be talking about those questions and many more, Mark is the author of 14 books, including the national bestseller, How God Changes Your Brain, which Oprah selected as one of the nine must-reads back in 2012. He is on the executive MBA faculty at Loyola Marymount, and he created a course in neural leadership. And what I appreciate about Mark is he's very evidence-based. He there's a lot of kind of woo-woo things that are out there, but that's not Mark. He is very research-oriented. Everything is backed up. Uh, so we're going to tap into that. We have some good questions that we want to ask him to deconstruct some of those myths, but also see what's some of the newest thinking that he has uh, and some of his uh, colleagues. And so many of you know Dr. Kathy Greenberg, you know, Kathy and I have been doing this for 13 years, and she's a thought leader in positive psychology, emotional intelligence, and coaching. Kathy is the author of nine books, and What Happy Companies Know, What Happy Mothers Know, Fearless Leaders, uh, Sharpen Your Focus, and then Kathy's uh, book that she and I did together, Emotional Brilliance. And you can go to uh, www.emotionalbrilliance.com and get some of information about our book and some of our free tools. We're just about launching that website. So, Kathy, welcome. Thank you, Riley. I'm really intrigued uh, to meet and speak to uh, Mark Wal- uh, Robert Wal- uh, Waldman. Sorry. Um, it's hard not to say Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Mark probably gets that all the time, and he's yeah. probably just as entertaining. Uh, one of the things that I'm excited about uh, today, Riley, is... Um, as you know, I was raised in a neuroscience lab at Rutgers University uh, as a young student, so this is going to be extremely interesting for me. But before we bring our guest on, Mark Robert Waldman, let me make sure that everybody knows uh, who uh, my favorite co-host is, and that is Dr. Relly Nadler. He is a thought leader, an emotional intelligence and executive coaching um, expert, and uh, obviously he is not only well-versed in positive psychology, he is a master's level certified executive coach and psychologist. Uh, He does great things with 
corporate leaders and, and teams, uh, and he's working currently with organizations uh, and in healthcare specifically on burnout. And you may know about his seven books, including the one we just did, Emotional Brilliance, but he's also got a fabulous book out called Physician Burnout. Um, and I would encourage everyone um, who knows or loves a physician or a healthcare worker to get one of those books for them. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up. Think about those little gifts that you can give to people. He's also the author of Leading with Emotional Intelligence. And uh, as you know, he has hundreds of tips from that book uh, with his free IAP Leadership Keys, uh, along with his videos. And you can just go to the App Store and download it. He has a popular blog on Psychology Today. And you can reach Relly at www.drrellynadler.com and as he said you can go to our new site it is launching uh, officially on October the 14th but it is in a soft launch phase at the moment you can get a 7 day free trial of our new e-learning interactive uh, book and, and sessions that we have on uh, the Neuroscience of Leadership and many other wonderful topics at www.eblifebook.com. You can tell how excited I am today. I can barely talk. <laughs> so, um, really, I'm going to go back to you. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kathy. So, so we're going to bring Mark on in just a second. And I think in Kathy and I's book, Emotional Brilliance, one of the things we're looking uh, to is help people zero in on, in the moment, how can they be their best? And I think some of the tools that, that Mark really has that I'm attracted to, um, you can do in a, in a couple minutes. We know today, you know, people don't have time. And so what are the things to be brilliant? What do you draw from? What do you summon? What do you beckon to, in the moment, bring, back, bring your best self for, uh, forth? So let's just jump right into it. And... Uh, Mark, welcome to the to the call, and we're excited to tap into some of your expertise here. So, say a little bit about neuroscience and how you got interested in this. Well, thank you so much, Relly, for having me on. And I got interested in neuroscience basically when I was writing and working on a bunch of anthologies for Tarcher Putnam. I was a developmental editor there, and. When you're creating an anthology, uh, you never want to talk to the author uh, because they always want to know how are you going to use your article. And this particular anthology that uh, Jeremy wanted, he was, he was the creator of Tarcher Putnam, was a book on the most radical uh, perspectives on God. And at that time, I found a book uh, written by Andy Newberg, which was called Why God Won't Go Away. And no matter how hard I tried to take little pieces from uh, the book, I couldn't do it. So I had to send Andy an email, and I said, hey, Andy, I'm going to take parts of this article that you had written and some of the other things you have said and create an original article from that. He said, oh, great. He liked it very much. And then I found out that uh, Andy doesn't write very well. Uh, he is a neuroscientist, and if you've ever gone to PubMed, you could pull out a paragraph and uh, not understand a single word. I even showed him a paragraph he had written once, and he didn't know what he had said. So he had asked me to uh, work with him on his next book. So suddenly, 
I am tossed into the realm of neuroscience after spending many years in the area of transpersonal psychology. And so I had to go live on PubMed and read, oh, I don't know, two, 3,000 abstracts and maybe 50 papers uh, every week. And what blew me away was that in the little nooks and crannies of this amazing amount of research, there were little discoveries that I had never come across that said, this form of psychology doesn't change your brain much, doesn't really reduce anxiety, but some of these other forms can reduce anxiety, sometimes, you know, in a matter of a number of minutes. So I became hooked, and so I've been living in a world of neuroscience and basically seeing what can you find in that realm that are brand new strategies that nobody's ever tried out before that may genuinely enhance your neurological functioning. So that's what I'm addicted to. I love it. I love it, Mark. So one of the people that I get to work with uh, in my world, uh, where I work with special forces and special operations, um, is a gentleman by the name of uh, Monsignor Michael Marion. Um, and he introduced me uh, to prayer um, when I went to the canonization of Mother Teresa in Rome. And I was literally getting up every morning at 5 a.m. and going to Mass. And, um, you know, being at the Vatican, such a wonderful you know, inspirational experience. Um, when, I, when, when we come back from our short break, I would love you to talk about this field of neuroscience, um, what you've learned about it, uh, and how things are changing in the area of neuroscience. Because as from, you know, from your work, from Andrew's work, and I've met Andrew, he's a lovely man, so much for people to learn just about going inside ourselves, uh, it's an amazing experience for people. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. 
Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development. We're talking with Mark Robert Waldman. His website is the same, www.markrobertwaldman.com. If you go there... uh, he has a bunch of free things. One that we're uh, going to be focused on today with the pandemic and everything else, how to vaccinate your brain against global anxiety. Great tips in there. And so, Mark, back to the question that Kathy talked about. You know, so uh, neuroscience, you know, what are th- how are things changing? And I know you're on top of that, and a lot of times I hear you say, you know, whatever I say may not be true now or later because things are changing so much. Yes, uh, that's, uh, that's very accurate. I want to follow up just for a couple seconds with what Kathy had said at the end, that she had gone off into, uh, you know, or was working within the Catholic world of meditation and centering prayer. And that's actually what Andy Newberg and I have been doing. Excuse me for a second. have been doing uh, for the last 10 years. We've been doing brain scans of nuns, Buddhists, Pentecostals speaking in tongues, atheists praying to God. And what we were looking at at that time, because this was Andy's passion, was what are the connections of, you know, what's going on when you're engaged in any form of spiritual practice? And I came from the realm of transpersonal psychology, which was looking for the first time back in the 80s and 90s, what benefits meditation can be. Can you integrate meditation? into psychotherapy, and the answer is yes. So with all of these brain scan studies we've done and the 20 or 30 different religions and spiritual practices, I can summarize for you very simply what goes on in, you know, in your brain. Basically, your anterior cingulate and insula are, are, uh, become far more activated, which allows your dorsolateral prefrontal cortex to become activated, which in turn actually stops you from having your emotional centers run around too much. So there's your old language of neuroscience. Within the last couple of years, there's been a revolution going on. A brand new form of brain scan technology called diffusion tensor imaging, and if you've ever seen these new pictures of the brain that look like, kind of look like bundles of colored yarn all stuffed together, 
that's really how your brain actually looks. So one neuron in the very front of your brain can send an axon all the way across to the other side of your brain, and then there are all these little tiny tips coming off, the, synap- the, the synaptic tips, and that's where those neurotram- uh, neurotransmitters come out. So we no longer are talking about uh, brain parts. There's really no such thing as a brain part because, you know, the, everybody seems to think they know what the amygdala is about the fear center. It's not, by the way. That's why I'm saying. Anything that you think you know about the brain, even if you've taken it from our books, is probably misinterpreted and misunderstood. But this new language that's moved out of this new form of technology is that we can look at whole networks that are involved with key processes. And five of the key processes are the ones that we use every day when we wake up. Our brain is emotionally driven, and those emotions stimulate the motivation center of your brain, which basically wakes you up and drives you into the world to look for things that will be rewarding and satisfying and interesting. But as an infant, you can't really think very well. You can't organize and plan. So what happens to all of that dopamine, you know, that wake-up chemical uh, that's being released from your motivation center? Well, it goes to the top part of your brain, a huge network, Uh, that people like to call default mode network. It's basically, if you were to sit back right now and just yawn and stretch and let your mind wander, basically, you've turned off the part of your brain that's listening to me, that's taking place in your thinking executive network, and this huge imagination resting state default network becomes activated. And in that state, particularly if you, learn, if you teach yourself how to mindfully observe what's going on, you can sit back and you'll see this, this endless jumble of thoughts and feelings and partial ideas and worries and doubts and imaginations and excitements and depressions. And it's all going on in the imagination center. So, you know, as a young child, when you see that child just, you know, wandering around, if you think about your own childhood, all the daydreams and fantasies and, you know, plays that that you were doing, you're using your imagination, and then as you slowly develop the ability to think and plan and organize your executive network, then you can pick from your imagination those things that will help you to achieve the goal that you want. So what I've described now is basically four key networks of your brain. The emotional networks, the brain basically is an emotional creature. If the emotion is negative, uh, things are going to operate way out of consciousness to just get you away from anything that might be felt as emotionally dangerous. But the things that feel kind of interesting and pleasant, things that point to caring and playfulness and uh, curiosity, those are the things that stimulate the motivation center, which releases that dopamine which gets us to start to imagine all the ways that we might be able to get what we want to fulfill our desires. That's your imagination default mode network. Then your thinking network kicks in, and when a thinking network kicks in, it's supposed to turn off your imagination network so you don't get lost in your worries, fears, and doubts. But you can only focus on something that you want for about 20 seconds, And then you use up all the neurochemicals necessary to stay consciously focused, 
and you're going back into that imagination, daydreaming like state, literally, you know, uh, two, you know, two or three times every minute that goes by. When we are awake, half the time we're focused on the outside world. And the other half of the time, our mind is wandering around and daydreaming and doing all these kinds of things that it's designed to do. But if you get lost in that imagination network, that's where anxiety exists. So anxiety, for example, is, oh, I am basically worried that if I did A, B, C, and D, this negative thing would happen. It's not true. It's basically a prediction of what may or may not happen in the future. So when people, when you're feeling highly anxious the next time, just remind yourself that's your imagination. And there's always another part of your imagination that's positive. So positive and negative fantasies are going all back and forth all the time in the imagination network. Now, Current psychology says, well, let's have you think, let's teach you how to focus, even mindfulness practices, uh, focus more on learning how to pay attention to your breathing and not to get lost in that mind-wandering thing. But that integration going back and forth smoothly between your thinking and your imagination back and forth, that is the key to psychological health. And there is one structure, there is one area, one network called the salience network that's involved in regulating all of those other networks I've mentioned. Now, here's what's really cool. I mentioned the anterior cingulate and insula, the two key areas that become the most active when you sit back and you simply become mindfully aware of how you're thinking or feeling or worrying or whatever it is. The process simply sitting back and being aware of all those thoughts and feelings and memories and sensations. That is what's stimulating and creating the ideal balance between your imagination network and your thinking network. That's called brain network theory. And I basically described to you what 10,000 different parts of the brain used to be discussed. And I think that's easy. Everybody can kind of even memorize it. We call it times, you know, T-I-M-E-S, thinking, imagination, motivation, uh, emotion, and salience. And when you stimulate that salience network, and you're just sitting there being aware, that's what's allowing yourself to create an ideal emotional balance so that you can think more clearly without getting lost in your emotions or your imagination. Does that make sense? Is that clearer than anything you've heard from a neuroscientist in the past? It, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, just repeat that, the times, again, thinking. Thinking, which is the executive network. Right, T-I. Imagination, right. which is the default mm-hmm. mode network. We choose these words because if you're going to teach this to kids, you know, default mode doesn't mean anything to anybody. Okay? That's the uh, I, imagination. M, for motivation. The motivation network in our brain as well has been well-researched, what motivates us to take action or to run away from something that's threatening. Then E, each emotion that you have has its own particular network in the deepest and lowest parts of your brain. Those emotions are basically being stimulated by how you are interacting with the outside world. 
And then it's the last part of your brain to develop. It doesn't come on fully online until you're in your 30s. So that's your salience network. And salience kind of means your brain deciding what's important and valuable, salient, to it. Not necessarily to what you imagine would be valuable, but what is valuable to your entire being. So if you sit back, you close your eyes, maybe if everyone takes a moment and just yawns and stretches and relax and allow your mind to wander, don't try to think about anything, you're stimulating the salience network. And in this state, there are special neurons, von Economo neurons, that are involved with intuition. So in this relaxed state of mindful awareness, you can literally ask your intuition for an insight. So if I was to ask everyone listening on this call, what is your deepest, innermost value? And intuitively, just see what word pops into your mind. And Kathy and Rilly, you can tell me what pops into your mind. It's beautiful. Well, Mark, we're going to go to another quick, very quick commercial. Uh, When we come back, maybe you can help our audience make the connection between salience and emotional intelligence. Absolutely. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and practice of top performers. We're talking to a top performer in neuroscience, Mark Robert Waldman. That's his website. He has some free uh, downloads you can get there. One is how to vaccinate your brain against global anxiety. And, Mark, before the break, we were talking about the network theory and and times is the initials that uh, describe it, you know, thinking um, imagination, motivation, emotion, salience. And uh, we're going to tie this into EI. But before we do that, um, what, are, what are some of the, the myths? Because I think you've done a good job. There's so much out there uh, that I think network uh, theory um, deconstructs some of the myths that we may have about the brain. Sure. 
I'm going to start out with the first myth by asking everybody to do something. I like everyone just to do two or three mindful yawns. In other words, just keep yawning with your full awareness on what a yawn feels like and kind of move and stretch super slowly at the same time. Yawning has an amazing effect of actually uh, lowering excessive activity in that imagination center, which is where most of our problems come from. And then just pause and pay attention to what you feel. And very quickly, if uh, Kathy and you really just tell me what you feel, I'll then going to pop a couple of neuro myths that we all walk around with. Yeah, I kind of feel feel? relaxed and at ease. Cassie? Uh, Just, you know, a sense of being um, more in control of myself. And you had mentioned something earlier, Kathy, during the break about what you were feeling in your body. What kind of body sense do you have right now? Um, relaxed to the extent that I, your voice and what you're talking about is, um, is attractive. So a lot of people feel a tingliness sense or they may feel more mm-hmm. energy in their body or their body may feel, uh, you know, most people when they say relax, they're saying relax in their body because you can't mm-hmm. feel your brain. And being ra- relaxed in your brain is actually finding yourself in a state where you can barely think at all. So if you do enough yawning and stretches, right. you'll just kind of be sitting here and staring out at the world. Here is mm-hmm. one of the biggest myths that we have. We don't feel our body. There is no pain in our body. There are no memories in our body. The body doesn't have any emotion. The body is basically the organism that is orchestrated by your brain. And in the top part of your brain, right next to your imagination center, your motor cortex, there's this thing called the humunculus. It's kind of, it's a model of what your body actually is. And so what we're doing, that part of the brain is genuinely connected to what our body is, but we can't be aware of our body. We can only be aware of how our imagination is creating a sense of our body. Now, this, this is really important because, particularly around memories, because a lot of people feel that you have to do different kinds of body work and me- to get rid of traumatic memories. Well, simply, it's not true. The, those cells in the body cannot hold a memory. We really have to work with the memory centers in our brain, the imagination centers that are you know, again, predicting something terrible that's going to happen and work back and forth between those. And in those memories are stored, each of those memories include some of the emotional content of that past experience. So really, when you talk about emotional intelligence, when you enter that state of relaxed, mindful awareness and you're stimulating that salience network, That's where you can begin to observe your sense of yourself, your sense of your body. You can begin to experience a more direct connection to the emotional side of life. 
And so when you're in that state of relaxed, mindful awareness, and this is, you know, basically emotional intelligence from Goldman's perspective grew out of mindfulness and meditation. That's exactly what you're doing. When you stimulate that salience network, it creates an ideal balance of your emotions, your thinking, and your imagination. So now you can basically stay in touch with all of them and emotionally follow what has deep value. When I ask everybody, what was your deepest, innermost value? If everyone just takes a moment and thinks about that, for me, the word that comes up is serenity. And for somebody else, it might be peace or love or integrity. Uh, It's endless numbers of values. When you find that inner value and you focus on it, you'll feel a connection to your emotions, which in essence is your body. And you'll be able to, if you allow yourself to be driven by your inner values, that's where, that's what stimulates the salience network. That's what gives your life meaning and purpose. Well, that's beautifully said, Mark. So I think uh, the salience network, like you're saying, being a step back and, and integrate, it's almost like um, with integrating the mindfulness seeing all your thoughts and uh, uh, feelings and emotions in front of you, I like to kind of think about it. It's almost like a buffet table where air, everything is out there where you're looking at it, like, like food would be out there, and then you're able to kind of step back and look at it so you choose what's important that may be in line with your values you know, versus uh, experiencing all those at the same time. It's like, eat, you know, the buffet table, just going and eating everything there versus really selecting back. So I think that you've done a nice job talking about mindfulness, which is so uh, important, and there's so much there, but where that really is residing with the Silence Network. So most, most, of the time about... we spend our time, most of the time we spend our time thinking about something, and what right. I'm emphasizing from the newest brain scan research is, yes, you have to think about, but you also have to become aware of what you are thinking right. about. Most yep. people think about their emotions, and that's being out of touch with your emotions. But you can be aware of your emotions, and that will change the way in which you integrate the positive emotions in your life, which, by the way, includes playfulness and caring and curiosity. So, uh, Mark, tying this to the emotional intelligence piece, I think that Kathy and I deal with uh, leaders as you do. I think what gets a lot of people's attention is kind of separating from the the emotional reactions or emotional rationale and being able to step back and realize that they're probably not thinking as well because they're uh, overrun with emotions and often... And as a psychologist, I would say you're operating with less IQ points. And so that inverse relationship of which networks are being activated, can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Because I think from yeah. the value proposition, it's around decision-making for leaders. And I think when we tie in some of this network theory, can let them make better decisions. Well, this is part of the amazing research from Jack Panksepp. Your key emotions are going to be curiosity, the thing that drives you to explore the world, you know, rage and lust and grief, 
that we know about, but also caring and playfulness and curiosity as core key emotional values. These happen before we can be conscious of them. So, again, yes, our brain, our lives are emotionally driven, but the moment we start thinking about the emotion that has just occurred, we turn it into what others will call a feeling. So it's imbued with thoughts and imagination. Most of our feelings, most of our worries and fears and doubts, they're imaginary. It's us interpreting and us distorting the original emotional experience that is essential you know, to be in touch with to guide our lives. So one of the most important things to do is to begin to realize that what you are thinking about emotionally may just be feelings, may be partly imaginary. And again, you have to kind of interrupt the way in which you think to be aware of, to just be in the present moment and allow your intuition to bring up emotional experiences from the past or even what might be happening in the present moment. I don't know if that directly answers your question, but if you want to ask again, I will give you a 10-word answer. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, can I ask a different question before you do that, Riley? So, so Mark, uh, yeah, as you're speaking, you know, a lot of people are looking these days for feelings of relief. And uh, there was work done uh, by a graduate student, I think his name is Yanni Asher, um, and he's a graduate student uh, at the University of Colorado Boulder in a, in a neuroscience lab there. Uh, I think it's Dr. Wagner. Um, one of the things that we know is that humans find that feelings of empathy are virtuous. And the problem with humans today if I can put us all in a big basket, is that we don't know the difference between our own suffering and the empathizing that we are doing constantly in society as a result of the things that are going on globally. And I'd love for you, if you can, just to comment on how a human being any of us, whether we suffer from anxiety or anything else, can start to understand the difference between distinguishing their own real feelings of empathy that are usually subtle and personal versus the stories of empathy that other human hardships are causing them to feel. Because that, that is such an important part of emotional intelligence and emotional brilliance, and just good old emotional health. So I'm going to respond to you in 10-word chunks, and I'm going to do that (laughs) because that's all our brain is capable of hanging on to. So our brain selects the most important words to it. So here's my first 10-word chunk. One, empathy does not exist in children because their salience network is virtually unformed. Amazing. Two, okay, another 10-word another chunks. 
As your salience network develops, which is largely non-conscious throughout your entire life, empathy will slowly develop because that anterior cingulate and that insula that comes up in all of our contemplative meditation studies is that part of your brain that basically regulates and creates a sense of empathy, compassion, forgiveness, self-love. It's to keep the salience network is, in essence, your social brain. Mm. Some people with an undeveloped salience network, they'll think their way through the world or they'll use just their imagination to deal with the world. <clears throat> and they make great CEOs, but they don't have any empathic feelings for anybody else because that part of their brain hasn't developed. They can think very clearly. They can plan. You know, who, you know, who cares what somebody else feels? You need to do A, B, and C, and D to make the next $100 million. So what we like to teach our executive MBA students, because this is where all of our little brief yawning and stretching and mindfulness exercises come from, we want to teach them that if they stop for a moment, if, they, if you face another person, and you deliberately yawn and stretch and relax and just bring yourself into the present moment as you intently focus on the person's facial expressions and tone of voice, that's what conveys the emotional content of what's going on inside of you. The more carefully you pay attention to those 10 or 20 words and the facial expressions tied in with them, that's how you consciously develop empathy. And again, you're stimulating your salience network. I love it, Mark. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll talk more about that when we come back. I have a four-year-old granddaughter, and I make her look in my eyes. I say, okay, look in my eyes. Let's pause. (laughs) So as we go to break, everybody take a yawn. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. 
Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Mark Robert Wallman. Uh, his website is the same, uh, www.markrobertwallman. There's a bunch of uh, free ebooks on there around practical neuro wisdom. And so, Mark, both Kathy and I have been dealing with emotional intelligence, as, as have you have, you know, for a big part of your career. One of the things that Goldman really popularized and I think uh, people have run with is the amygdala hijack. We kind of touched on that a little bit before around decision-making. But from a neuroscience standpoint, what ha- you know, maybe say a little bit of what happens when you're hijacked and you're not, you're not activating your executive functioning as much. So here we're back to the brain. I'm going to talk about it through brain network theory. It turns out that when you stimulate that anterior cingulate and the insula through awareness, the other key structure that's in there is your amygdala. And the amygdala is not your fear button. You know, it's not, the amygdala is paying attention to sensations coming in from the outside world. It's trying to detect whether there's a threat or whether there's a pleasure. So one part of your amygdala is totally turned on by anything that is pleasurable and interesting. The amygdala is basically the key element along with your hippocampus to form all of your memories. So the, what's interesting, too, about this um, anterior cingulate and insula, those two structures, uh, if I was to take all of those uh, five brain networks, they all overlap, and what they share in common is the anterior cingulate, insula, and amygdala. So amygdala is involved also with what you value. So what's actually being hijacked is your imagination. You're getting lost in all of your fears and worries and anxieties about something that may, you know, something negative that's going to happen in the future. Now with our pandemic going on, a lot of that, you know, there's two parts of it. Is that anxiety real or not? Well, I mean, I know a couple of people who have gotten very sick, but I'm sitting in my house. I've been enjoying myself. In reality, my amygdala is quite happy with what's going on right now. I have to use my imagination to go, gee, I might be one of those one in a thousand people who could get 
COVID. And then if I get it, I might be, you know, one in a thousand people who might die from it. Now, these are anxieties. Yes, they're imaginary. We don't know if it's going to happen or not. I'm going to assume it won't, only because optimism is really helpful. But if I can sit there and watch my fears, that undermines the ability to have, you, to have imagination hijacked. When you're in that state of relaxed, mindful awareness, your amygdala is working integrative with everything else. It's calm. You have the right amount of emotional reality, the right amount of thinking ability, the right amount of salience. The amygdala is also involved with creating those deep inner values. So that's why I'm so overly emphasis of, hey, take do three mindful yawns. That turns off excessive activity in the imagination network. It's a thermal regulatory mechanism, one of the simplest ways to get rid of anxiety in the moment. Yeah, it's very important for people to understand that because um, regardless of our agreement or disagreement, Mark, on the neuroscience, um, having you know, spent a lot of time in a neuroscience lab growing up, this, um, this work by Yanni Asher, um, basically empathic care is thought to inspire helpful behavior. But to your point, empathic distress can influence us in a way that allows that amygdala to go off on its own route. And so doing exactly what you said, you know, giving that pause, that mindfulness pause, um, really helps. And by the way, there's a, another study that they followed up with on a four-week meditation program that was designed to teach participants to empathize with others in ways that don't increase distress, but increase care. And that could be self-care as well. So what you're saying is so powerful and so helpful in these times. Yes. And again, the coolest thing is, is that, I mean, I actually, I woke up, I woke up uh, one Sunday morning and I started feeling chilled and within five minutes I was shivering so badly I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't even yell out to my wife, hey, maybe you need to take me to the hospital. And my temperature uh, had gone way up. I mean, these are the key things for COVID. And so I tried to, I actually tried to just be present with all of this shaking. It was hard to do. It was really interesting because when I was shaking and the thought was, okay, I might be dead in an hour, it was fascinating to me because the next thought that came through to me intuitively was, you know, I have lived my life passionately. I have done as much as I possibly can to help others to, you know, live, you know, to have serenity and calmness. And it was like, oh, I've done my work. It's okay if I die. And in that moment, I relaxed even some more. And then I went in to have a test, and fortunately, it was just something weird that happened. It wasn't related to right. uh, a but virus. To your point, that it's so important because the brain activity that you're describing impacts our ability to 
control ourselves, right? And there's been some research now, I think in 2018, on how brain activity helps explain diabetics' negative feelings or, you know, risk for depression. Um, And that's why music is also so important to us. You know, music, more than any art, is such a beautiful mix of science and emotion. So, you know, it helps to set the pattern of the brain. It's beautiful. Whatever whatever we can do to do what you're explaining is is magic for the body. Yeah, and it's called functional connectivity. So all of these networks that we can be conscious of and can control through awareness, we don't have to do anything about it. All of those networks overlap. They just overlap in that place. The center of it is always that anterior cingulate and insula. If you can stimulate that, which is what mindfulness does, we don't have any other technique for that, you're increasing empathy. You're... You're interrupting the negative fantasies you have, your anxiety. You're in touch with the emotions that help to keep your life, that give your life more meaning and purpose. And that's what allows you to think a little bit more clearly. So it's an integration thing. Just to spend, you know, one minute every hour in that state of relaxed, mindful awareness. And you balance all these other networks out. So, Mark... Thank you so much. Uh, uh, these quick little takeaways that what Mark you just heard Mark say. Hopefully, our listeners can can take that minute and activate the silence network. The yawning really helps to kind of uh, quiet some of the default mode network. And so, Mark, we'll have to have you back again because uh, we're at the end of the hour. But so this has been you know very delightful and hopefully stimulating. Uh, you can get some of Mark's material at his website, www.markrobertwallman.com. Thanks, Mark. Kathy, you want to bring, bring us on home? I don't, I'm not saying goodbye. I'm just saying so long for right now, Mark. We're going to bring you back. I'm staying connected. Loved every word. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Tune Up with Leadership Development News. Can't wait to come back. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.